what's up you guys and thank you for joining me for another episode this is another special edition i had the opportunity to sit down and speak with indie author trey styles he just recently produced a memoir called black boy arise we sit down and discuss this and more so go ahead kick back relax and tune in Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for joining me today, Trey. I'm super excited to get into this interview. I hope you are as well. So let's get started by first telling us what is your name? Where are you from? And are you writing under a pen name? Right. First of all, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. I'm, uh, I'm happy to be here. And my name is Trey Styles. I was uh, born and raised here in Detroit, Michigan. Mm-hmm. I grew up on the, uh, born and raised on the east side of Detroit. Okay. And so I'm a native Detroiter. All right. And are you writing under a pen name? Yes, I am. Okay, cool, cool, cool. And why did you select that particular pen name? Oh, I selected this particular uh, pen name because uh, the, the movie Boys in the Hood which mm-hmm. is one of my all-time favorite films. I, I, the, the character Trey Styles really uh, resonated uh, to, in my, to me as far as my own personal life goes. I feel like I really resonated with that character. I, I, I looked at him as a, a brother that was from the hood but had a strong sense of direction. You know, because it could have went, uh, he grew up, because I grew up in the same type of environment he grew up in. He was exposed to right. a lot of things, same type of environment. and. Uh, and honestly, a couple of choices, it could have went, you know, it could have went bad, honestly. But I had enough uh, fortitude to to make it out without having to uh, go down the bad route. You know, I didn't have to get my uh, my butt spanked multiple times. <laughs> I learned uh, right, right. one incident was enough to let me know, okay, you know, I want better in this life. Absolutely, absolutely. That's what makes us all better. The all of our experiences. Yeah. You know, we have a choice to, you know, go the, down the right road or the wrong road, but it's up to us which one uh, we select. And sometimes we might, you know, stray, but Absolutely. other times we, Absolutely. you know, pull back around and get it together. So that's what life is about, ups and downs. Now tell me, Trey, when that's did true. you first um, begin writing and why? You know, I, I, when I first began writing, when it really vividly, it comes to me when I was a, like a teenager, Okay. It was uh, it was during those t- tough teen years. It was because my teen years was the the hardest time of my life, and it was actually the the darkest period of my life as well. And I was looking for some kind of escape, you know, some kind of escape. And I wasn't gonna do drugs, wasn't gonna sell drugs, uh, I wasn't gonna commit suicide. And so, you know, writing and along with reading became kind of like my uh, my escape, you know. 
it, my, it, it was for me, it, it was therapy. And so as a teen, I started uh, writing uh, poetry. Initially, I was writing poetry. And I knew I really had a gift. When my mom would tell me, when I was like eighth grade, I wrote this paper about how important music can be in our lives. And she said, she read that and it brought tears to her eyes when I wrote that. But you know, sometimes when you, you a kid, you think, okay, that's mama. You know, mama right. probably saying it because I'm, I'm her baby. You know? Exactly. So that's when it, when it when it when it started. Like when I'm like, okay, I got something here. Okay. And then it was later on, a couple of years ago, when I was in, uh, in uh, not a couple of years, so it's been a minute now, but a couple of years after that, when I was in Denby High School, okay. and I got selected to be in the creative writing course. Mm. And, and and I I felt a real accomplished. I said, okay, you know. And then a couple of years after that, my English teacher, when I was in twelfth grade, told me that she was like, you could write for the newspaper. Nice. She told me I could write the newspaper, and then I remember walking across the stage at my graduation. She was like, "Congratulations, future writer!" And I went through some ups and downs, and you know, years now later, I'm officially author, you know, and a writer. Yes, wonderful, wonderful. I love it. Now you say that it dates all the way back to you know your early teen years when you likened it to be in your darkest moments. But yes. when did you first consider yourself a writer? A writer. I would say, you know, it didn't hit me. It didn't really hit me. It hit me later on. You know, when I really said I was a writer is when I, I, I published my published my first book right here, which we're talking about today. That's okay. when I felt like official, kind of like, you yes. know, just like we said, we're a writer, but if you say you're a writer and you're like, okay, what you write? You know, what you got to show? <laughs> What's your piece of work? Yes. Oh, I don't got none right now. He's like, okay, okay. <laughs> he was like, okay. Okay. Right now I got something to show. You know, I got something that's in the world. I got something that you can feel, that you can touch. You know, it's, it, it's, uh, it's tangible. So that's when I said, like, yeah, I'm, I'm here now, and this and this is what I love to do. And you know, and, and I plan to be here for a, a long time writing because it's really my passion. You know, I would love to tell stories, and uh, you know, a writer can be so powerful. You know. Absolutely, a writer definitely is powerful and you get an opportunity to hear another perspective because even though you may collectively be part of a group, you may be part of a race, you may be part of a uh, you know, nationality, you know, all types of culture, whatever you wanna group yourself together with, you're still an individual. And each of us will still have individual perspectives and it's important to share those because that's yes. how we can make the world better. Today is Dr. Martin Luther King Day, and he had a dream. And yes, when we do things like what you're doing now, using your platform to communicate how that dream can still be successful, no matter where you came from, it you right. know just makes the day even more important and more special for all of us because you're doing it. You you know you out here making that dream a reality. I I applaud Absolutely. you. And congratulate you on releasing your first book. Thank you. I really appreciate that. You're welcome. Now, Trey, are you an independent self-published author, or did you go the traditional route for publishing? My my path is kind of it's kind of it's a little weird because I initially I went through a, a self a self-publishing house. Okay. So a self-publishing house, uh, you know, also a. A, a black owned company and you know self-publishing and, and everything was was great but uh, me you know i just wanted to like fully control everything like fully control my own destiny yes. and so i went from there you know getting out of the getting out of the contract and it was amicable 
getting out of the contract and I got you know one hundred percent of everything. So okay. so, well, I, so I am a self because yes. you know, because everyone doesn't have that that opportunity to, you know, we're not, you know, I would want to have more control and to be able to have that amicable separation. Um, I've right. heard of other instances where people are still fighting to get their the rights to their work back when it's their yes. baby, and Absolutely. I think that is unfortunate. But um, it's all learning lessons that you go through when you enter the world of, um, you know, writing and publishing and things like that. So uh, I understand why you would like to fully control your work because it's your yes. baby. You want it to, yes. to ring true to who you are. I like that. Right. And then, you know, I also, you know, you think about the, you know, the Nipsey Hussle song, we say, I got all the rights, you know, all the rights to my raps. And, you know, I kind of felt that more when I, when I got it because okay. I was like, okay, I, I learned the game, I, you know, of course, I'm still new to it, but you know, I, I learned enough from my first trial. You know, first trial to know how to do better when my next book's coming out. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, um, I know that your book is a memoir, so yes. you know that these experiences are based on your life and yes. those closest to you. Absolutely. Okay. Now, considering that what part of Black Boy Arise was the hardest part for you to do? Mm. You, know, you know, honestly, it, it, it all was tough. You know, it, it all was tough because I'm a, I'm a pretty confidential person. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty laid back. And so it was, it was very, uh, very tough to, to put anything out there because, you know, you put it out as public information. Yes. And, you know, and, and it's open to critique, you know, you got to be able to stand criticism and all those things and, mm -hmm. and a lot of other things that could possibly come along with that, you know, that could be good and bad. Yes. Uh, but for me, you know, I, I had over, overcame so much from my teenage years and every step I was making more and more progress, more, 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 more progress. And I became more and more secure in myself. Mm -hmm. And I realized that, uh, that what I'm, what I was, what I went through, what I'm, what I'm going through, and what I'm going to continue to go through, long as I'm living on this earth, is other people that's going through as well. And I know for black men, men in general, black men in, in particular, we know we uh we hold a lot in because yeah. number one because of the environment we come from. You know, I grew up in an environment where you know uh, boys don't cry, or if you cry, you soft. That's what girls do, things like that. So, so for me, it took a lot of nerve to. to to be honest about times when I was coming up and I was scared to fight, you know, and I, uh, I uh, had people think that I, that I was about something as a smaller kid and I really, really wasn't. It, it was times when uh, people were like, oh, y'all ain't going to fight, y'all break up the fight. And I was like, woo, <laughs> you know, because I, I didn't really want to fight, you know. Yeah. And, but what I also learned is that, uh, that it was times uh, when you know, I would act uh, tough and some guys would back down. And I'll see that, okay, now he was really afraid as well. Mm -hmm. And it was uh, other times when, when I would talk loud like this, he didn't back down. And I was like, okay, he's not playing. <laughs> you know, so, so <laughs> right. And I know a lot of guys, won't be honest, because I know with us, sometimes we're going to come out, oh, I'm hard, I'm hard, I'm tough. I never back down. I don't run for nobody. But it took, it took, I was forced, I started fighting back physically. It, you know, it was always some people like, when you're a kid, you thought you could bully on, because, you know, it's, an environment we come from is love, but it's kind of like a doggy dog environment. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. But it was always some people used to bully him, and then some people knew not to try. But I started really fighting back physically when I when I was forced to get back out. You know, when I ran, got chased in the house, and I was told, "No, you got to go back out." You know, defend yourself. You know, mm-hmm. and that was good for me because you'd be running for life. But all that did was propel me to be able to have enough courage to share my story. You know, to talk about my flaws. So everything was hard, and especially it was hard when you talk about some of the, the uh, tragedies that happened Absolutely. in my life and the lives of people that I love. So that was a that was tough, but you know, I, I I did it the right way. You know how I discussed it because the book wasn't to expose anyone mm-hmm. other than myself, really. And you know, I I can agree with you on that because um, as far as exposing, I think that you expose more of you than yes. any other person that is mentioned in the book, and you were Absolutely. completely honest with failures and all, and yeah. I that is tough because we're usually our own worst critic but that's only to ourselves personally we don't you know display that publicly so for you to publicly display that you are trying to grow and the only way you can't grow is to acknowledge your failings and learn from them because every everything that we go through we learn something from be it a positive or negative experience the goal is to learn and become better. So I, I think that you did an um, excellent job in the transparency, even though it was hard for you to do. Yes, yes. I really appreciate it. That means the most because, you know, when, when you put out a piece of work in the world, you don't know what you what kind of response you're going to get. Yeah. And everybody's not going to like it because, you know, you're not for, for everyone and I'm not for everyone. And right. it doesn't mean that, you know, something's wrong with us. It just means that we're not the cup of tea. So you got to, have enough thick skin to know that some people are going to like it, some people are not going to like it, and, exactly. and that's life. But you know, my goal is not to worry about the people who don't like it. My goal is to worry about the people who do like it and focus on the positive. You know, I always tell people, like, if you got a, a small core group of fans, you know, that's still some that's still your fans, and it's still something you can do in your life and you know, have a, a prosperous life with those fans. I, I don't care about being the most popular, you know. Mm-hmm. So for me, I got my, my story out and I'm happy I did. I, for me, it was a therapeutic. Very true. And you can only only be authentic, authentically you. You can't be anybody else. Um, my husband tells me all the time, like, you're such a nerd. And I'm like, that's who I am. Or, you know, and yes. I'm fine with that because I am, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So once we become comfortable with who we are, those who are supposed to be connected to us will, because you're being yourself. You're not wearing the mask and um, your your aura will draw the people that are supposed to be drawn to you. And sometimes even the ones you didn't expect would be drawn to because of the authenticity they are. That's true. Yes. So we talked about the hardest part. Is there any portion of writing Black Boy Arise that was easy for you? I, I, I would say this. The writing the story, just writing itself, wasn't so hard because it was my life. You know, I got all that up here. It was really a uh, so it wasn't the writing that was hard, it was just, just telling the story itself. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the, the harder part came along when you wanted to make sure that your punctuation was right, mm-hmm. you know, when you wanted to make sure the grammar made sense because it's a different kind of book. It's not like it's like, you know, quote unquote proper English, you know, and, you know, uh, Ebonics is used and, you know, 
as you say, African-American vernacular. So it was to make sure everything, you know, was was how I was supposed to be. So writing this book, you know, I made sure I, I had I had this book for the longest elements of style, you know, <laughs> all these things. So it was it was all these things that uh that probably made the book tougher because the writing itself, because it's all coming from my mind, my mind, it, it wasn't it wasn't that tough writing. It's just putting it out there in the world, you know, like exposing myself to uh, people who even in my family didn't know some of the things I was going through. You know, so when they read the book, they was like, wow, I didn't, I didn't know you went through that. I didn't know you felt like that. And they said, they said, I, I said, oh, that was inspiring. And then some of my relatives came to me and said, they inspired to write a book now. And that made me feel, you know, very, very proud because, uh, you know, it, you, you never know what you're going to get when you put a book out. Absolutely. So Absolutely. I would just have, so that, was, so that was the hardest part for me, like getting the grammar and all those things right. Because no matter how good you are in English, none of us are perfect. So I, I read my manuscript over uh, multiple times, even after uh, my editor, you know, went over. I still read over what they did, you know, because this, this is my baby now. So. Yes, yes, yes. Cool, cool, cool. Now, um, was there anything that you learned during the writing process of your book? Anything that I learned? Mm -hmm. Well, I would say, the, the, you know, the main thing, one of the main things I learned is number one, as a as a writer, is that you know, some some that it was re, I would say it was reinforced that I'm not perfect. Okay. When I was writing this, I would go over and over and over everything, and I said, "It don't sound right. This don't sound right." You know, maybe I got to change this. Maybe I got to change that. And a good friend of mine told me, he said, he said, you know that, you know, he said, Trey, that's that, that's your baby. He said, so, you know, it's never gonna be perfect, brother. You know, it's never gonna be perfect, but. You put your best foot forward, and then you gotta get to a point where you say, "Okay, I've done the best I can do right now," yeah. you know, and, and live with that. And so it's just reinforcing that we're not perfect and that that I'm that I'm flawed. But uh, you know, the, the the ideal is you know, for me is not to be perfect, but you can move towards perfection in your mind because that's what keeps you going. Going, but you gotta be realistic enough to know that you're never gonna be perfect and it doesn't. Nothing's ever gonna be perfect. And another motivation for me was when I was talking to my editor. I said I want my first book to be my Illmatic, you know, like what when, when Nas's first album was for him. And then right. I heard Nas interviews talk about that he don't think that was his best album, mm -hmm. and that he thought it was very flawed. But you know, so-called pundits think that that's still Nas's best album. Exactly, exactly. And I have a problem with uh, something I've been working on of being a perfectionist in that, okay, it has to just be perfect in order for me to, you know, implement it, to launch it or whatever I'm going to do. But you miss out on opportunities when you keep holding back your gifts and to understand yes, that, you know, we're not perfect. Everything isn't mm -hmm. going to be just so, and that's okay, but don't hide your gift from others right. because you're seeking perfection that doesn't exist. So it's important that you recognize this early in the game for yourself in your writing career, yes. that this is where my baby is today, but who knows Absolutely. where my baby will be later. So mm -hmm. good job. <laughs> Thank you, I appreciate now, um, it. You're welcome. Is there a message that you want your readers to receive after reading Black Boy Arise? Oh, absolutely. My message to me is it, it, it's very clear is that I went through a lot of ups and downs in my life. And I'm here and I'm actually happy 
with myself. Mm. Not external things, not cars, not clothes, generally none of that. I'm happy with me. I'm happy. I'm able to deal with my flaws and any problems with me, like whether anything on my body, I don't like, whether it's my height, I don't like, my height is my height, you know, whatever is on me, whatever my body is shaped, as far as like we're naturally shaped, I'm, I'm okay with that. And I'm happy with that because I learned to be secure in myself. But I think the main thing is uh, to let people know that from if you looked at how my, my start was in life, a lot of people would think that I wouldn't be here. You know, I probably would be dead or in jail, you know, or, or strung out on drugs or something. And all that was around me, it was, you know, it was in my family, you know, both sides. And I dealt with all those things. And I and I and I made it through the ups and downs, the peer pressure. You know, I made it through high school with the peer pressure. And it was tough, middle school, the peer pressure. You know, I didn't I didn't succumb to uh the things in my immediate environment, the, the fast money. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm forever grateful for it because I, I, I talked about it in a book, I felt like it was some some kind of spiritual thing around me or whatever, I can't even really explain because whenever I thought about going against the grain, like I'm, I'm just gonna go out here and be a, a dog, I'm gonna be just like the rest of them. And all that, some would, some, it would be some kind of message like, no, I don't do that, Trey. It's kind of like the, in a way that, that the angel on this side and the devil on right. that side talking to you. Uh, yeah. you, know, you know better, you do better. And it's and the thing is about me, I have a conscience, you know, because I tried to, you know, my, my model, model myself after Malcolm X, you know, because that's who I had to look to for, uh, to be a great example of, of manhood and black manhood in particular, because I didn't have a lot of those guys in my immediate environment, my immediate environment, excuse me. So you know, I'm looking to be, you know, for my reading and people just uh, describing to be a, a Know, impeccable character and so that was that's another thing that kind of drove me but it was, it was tough being a team and trying to model yourself out of you know, Malcolm X especially when everything was exposed oh uh, yeah absolutely absolutely and one of the things that I think that you do um is kind of I don't know if some people don't realize how tough it is for you growing up and um, yes. being products of, you know, DPS, I'm a product of DPS, um, yes. and how everyone's situation and experiences are different. Yes. And that once you, you know, bring so many different diverse family backgrounds together, how the effect that it can have on a child and whether or not they aspire to be in that in crowd, or they're okay with being in the not so in crowd or just totally not popular at all. And what comes along with that is so much to handle. And I can't imagine what it's like going to school now with social media. We didn't have that. And, you know, um, it was hard enough dealing with peer pressure without it. And so, you know, I'm looking to hear the stories of our youth now that are currently in middle school, that are currently in high Mm -hmm. school and the struggles Mm -hmm. they have to go through. But having a book like yours will help them to see don't succumb to that. Like you, you can be better. You're gonna have your your good, your good days, your bad periods, all that stuff's gonna happen, but don't let don't succumb to the pressure. You can, you know, arise over that. And I think that's wonderful that you know you look to have your readers gain. And yes, and it's, it definitely wasn't it definitely wasn't easy at all because it was times I, I wanted to give up. 
You know, it, was, it, it really was. It was times I, I was ready to, you know, give up. Like before I, you know, got through the teen years when I was thinking about, you know, suicide and mm-hmm. all those things. But, you know, you read, you read it. So, you know, I said a couple of things stopped me from doing it. Mm-hmm. I was scared to do it, you know, <laughs> you know, and I was brought up at that time to believe that if you committed suicide, you go to hell. And then, you know, I didn't want to leave my mama. I didn't want to leave my mama alone, you know, in, in this world. So it was things that, 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 that kept me here, you know, right. and, and it is different. Everybody's situation is, uh, is different because I, I didn't, I thought I had her and I, and I still think I had, you know, I had it tough coming up, but I still was fortunate just to have a mom that really, really cared about me. Cause I, yes. when I became a youth counselor, I saw those kids who didn't have nobody. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I, I thought it, I thought it was hard for me, man. I, I had it, I had a breeze. Right. And that just made me more grateful. This just made me more grateful in, in life because, you know, it's definitely not easy because mm-hmm. sometimes I feel like you alone in the world and you don't have nobody to talk to, mm-hmm. you know. And one right? of the so things, not easy at all. I'm sorry, absolutely, it's not easy. And one of the things that um, I used to ask my husband, like, why do you always put these posts up that may seem to be controversial or reveal so much about your inner self. And then he says that, you know, I write it because it might be someone else who's going through the same exact thing that I'm going through. And they might need to hear that you're not alone. And that's the importance of using our voices, using our platforms for something positive, not, you know, trolling or clout chasing or anything like that. But even um, Michelle Obama said in her documentary after she finished her becoming book tour that we have to use our platforms for something positive and if you have it in you to share something with the world that can make the world better it's your duty to do so and so absolutely keep doing it I, and especially the the section of the book that covers the youth counseling portion mm-hmm. um, because that was difficult um and finding the balance on how to even reach individuals you know it's hard because you 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 have to protect yourself and then you understand that they are going through a traumatic time and they're at the you know the crossroads of okay I can turn around and shape up or I can continue on the path that I'm on you know and and that's the choice that many many who reside in Detroit have it really is yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, and speaking on that as a, as a youth counselor, one of the most uh, painful things for me is when, you know, my advocate, when I was, he was on my mind like a couple months ago, real, real heavy, you know, real heavy. And I had been uh, trying to connect with him more, not because because sometimes you got to be, if they, when they leave, you can't connect with them for like two years. We're just trying to see if I could even look him up on Facebook and see how he's doing and everything. Right. And the, the disheartening thing about that is when, as soon as I put his, his name, I just Googled it. And the first thing that came up was obituary. Oh. Yeah, you know, so that was, so for them, that was a couple months, and that, and that was just so disheartening for me because it, it was a kid I was, you know, seeing progress, a kid I was sitting right there next to. And I, first thing I saw was an obituary. He was uh, 15 when he got there, turned 16 in there and didn't even make it to 18. He actually got murdered a few weeks before his birthday by another youth who wasn't even 18 as well. And, wow. and so it's those things that sometimes it's like it'd be disheartening, but you know, 
if you got to just think, if you can change one person's life, you know, you're doing something. Absolutely. You know, and it's hard when people say like, well, you, you know, you work certain places, you don't want to get too emotionally, too emotionally attached, but you're human and you can try to detach as much as possible. But I'm, I'm human, you know, so I, I felt that it just changed. When I found out it changed my whole mood that day, you know, it was just on my mind. I was thinking about just playing it back, like everything we talked about, I was like, man, I, 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 I thought he could, you know, could do it. Yeah, but the sad thing about this, I see it in my, my own family yeah, every day, you know, sometimes. But it just reinforces the need for the work that you do. That, yes. you know, to continue to push forward to help as many people as possible so that they don't turn into the statistic that they, the negative statistic. Let's, you know, change the narrative on the statistics and make it more positive outcomes no matter the environment that you come from. That, that's mm -hmm. what our goal should be, you know, to increase those numbers. Now, Trey, if you had to do it all over again, is there anything that you would change about your book? I had to do it all over. No, there's nothing I would change because I, I, I put my soul into to that book. You know, I, I put my soul into it and like I said, the only person I was trying to expose was me mm -hmm. and, and let people know that sometimes what, what makes like a, a art or an artist so impactful, you know, is that you, uh, it's not even how they say it, but what they're willing to say. Mm -hmm. And the reason so many people can relate to them is they were like, man, I was thinking that same thing. You know, I was going through that same thing and I thought I was alone. That's why people feel you, you know, it can relate to you. And that's where you have your artists like your, your Mary J. Blige for a lot of women, you know, especially black women. You got Tupac for a lot of black men, you know, because he was willing to expose himself and talk about, yeah, I cry, you know, I shed tears. I'm flawed, I'm, I'm human. Mm -hmm. And so, so it's nothing I would, would, would change about that story. And it's brutally honest. It's, I know it's probably some parts of you read, you you laughed at, <laughs> you probably laughed at some things. I know that some people tell me, even close friends, some of them who you might think a little, a little rough around the edges told me they shed tears and, and you know, and they were like, man, uh, I know you was going through that, man. And I, well, I wish I could have been in your life at that time you was going through that. Yeah. So, so it's nothing. It's nothing I would change about that because I, I put I put my soul and I put my all into the book, and I'm and I'm and I'm proud of the project. Absolutely, and, and you should be proud of your project. Now, um, how many books have you written? This is my this is my first book. Okay, okay. So yeah. this would probably be your favorite. It, it probably will because you know <laughs> you know they said that 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 first word is like probably the. The hardest, I'll say, I'll say this is be probably my favorite, but I can say it won't be my best. Okay. And because I would, I would say it won't be my best. It won't be my best because, you know, you always look back at it like, oh, man, I didn't even see that. You know, maybe, you know, little errors here and there, mm -hmm. you know, but uh, I, mean, I made it my mission to say that I'm going to read my, my work because I'm not doing shade, but it's books I read and, you know, people put them out and I was like, it was hard to get through them because of so many errors. And all sure. that, so I made sure that I, I made sure I took care of all of it. But I say it's gonna be even better, you know, the the, the plot, everything will flow better on my next my next book. Absolutely, you know? this is this is the foundation, and you're building on it, and you're gonna keep going higher and higher. And when you you talk about reading other books, 
and that have several um, errors, it does make it difficult um, to continue in books like that. And yes. I've, I have one, um, probably not, it wasn't from uh, last year, it may have been the year before that, that I wanted to read and it's a memoir and it, it's a very intriguing story, but the way it's written is difficult, not because of the vernacular that's used, just because of just errors, period. And that's where the importance of an editor, you know, comes in to assist without changing, you know, the tone of the work. So I, I, I can respect what you say in that regard. And it's not really shade, it's just, you know, an opportunity for people to learn and grow. True. So, you know. Absolutely. Now, uh, do you plan on releasing any other books in the future? Oh, absolutely. This okay. is this is my passion. This is this is what I you know see myself doing. I've been a writer. I want want to go from writing to screenwriting, transition okay. to film, and and I was, and I'm going to do all that. I'm going to do all that. I'm working on my yeah. a, a new book right now as as we speak. Okay, and so, will it be um, fiction or nonfiction? It, it it will be it will be fiction, but it's going to be the the realistic fiction. Okay, you know, you know some <laughs> it'll be fiction like because you know like kind of like. Boys in the Hood is it's it's a movie, you know. It's actually fiction, but it's real. You yeah. know, these characters are people we see every day growing up. You know, uh, in cities like Detroit. Absolutely, and you talk about having stories that are real. Um, that's why, you know, in my book club, I have various reading lists, and depending on the reading list, you know, it'll tell what what we're you know um focusing on like i have one that is called our story specifically for people like me who look like me for us by us yes. written by us yes. so that it's from yes. our perspective because oftentimes our narratives um are false but when you hear it from us you get a better understanding of what it is to live the life inside of a black body yeah. and i think that's very important to remain true to what life can be as well as giving a glimpse of not can be what life is and giving a glimpse of what life can be as well. So I look forward to your future works. I'm excited. I, so I really excited. appreciate that. Yes, Thank yes, you. yes. Now, can you tell me what separates you from other writers or authors in your genre? Well, I say what, what separates me from, from anybody else is that me, that I can, I could be myself, you know, 24-7, you know, I'm, uh, and, I, and I'm not saying that I'm, I, I won't, won't change, I, I'm always open to growth and change for, uh, for the better, but my work, what you don't get is, is, is honesty, and, and then you may get some uh, unpopular opinions, and make, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to speak out and say things that maybe some won't say because they worry about uh, maybe sales, or they worry about making it to a certain level of mingling with certain people, you know, mm -hmm. for whatever reason, I'm, I'm willing, I'm just authentically myself and I know no other way to be because times when I tried to be on the in crowd things, times when I tried to, you know, fit in and I, I felt, felt lost. I felt, I, I was living a lie and I, and I can't do that. It, it was times I was laughing at things coming up that wasn't even funny to me. I was just laughing because everybody else was laughing just to fit in. And, uh, yeah. and I was like, man, this is not for me, you know. And 
so for me, it's no other way to be but myself. So in my writing, you, you know, you, you'll see that, you know, it's realistic and, and uh, I'm honest about everything that I'm, that I'm writing. And, and so what separates me from other authors is, I think you, it's really, you, you get what you see. You, know, you, you get a person, you know, cause a lot of people say I'm real, I'm real. But a lot of times I think about that son, Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar had called real. Oh, good kid, Mad City. He was talking about like uh, what makes a person real, and 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 he was saying like people saying they real because they popular, real because they'll say anything, real because they dress in the the latest fashion or something like that. Mm -hmm. And you know sometimes people think they real, but because they say anything. But sometimes you know you looking real stupid. You know sometimes we just so me when I say I don't even like to say real. I would say I'm, I'm true. I'm true to myself. And mm -hmm. if something is not for me, you know, it's not for me. Absolutely. Uh, I, I, when I think about uh, people, uh, Rocky, Rakim, the, the hip hop artist, mm -hmm. he's like a, a purist. Like mm -hmm. it was people, times people wanted him on his songs and and he was like, uh, I respected the artist, but if I couldn't give it what they was, they was doing, that wasn't my style, it wasn't my style, no matter how much money was involved. Mm -hmm. You know, so me, I, uh, so I just, uh, I'm just really a, uh, I'm really a my Trey is really Trey, you know. There's no there's no facade, there's no gimmicks, and when I when I write, you know, I, I write you know what I really think, what I really feel, despite what may come, you know, controversy or anything. It was just, mm -hmm. I mean, you only live once, and so I, I just really uh thrive on being myself and being you know, the, the best version of myself. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's something I, I frequently say that I'm aspiring to be the best version of Tracy that I can be and that um, I'm going to use every opportunity possible to do so. You know, if it means the, the people that I connect with, the authors that I speak with, you know, I'm, I'm reaching out to those that are looking to get their voices heard because that's my job. Like that, that's that's part of my passion to make sure that everyone's voice is heard that should be because all of us have something to say. So we do, we do. Cool, cool, cool. Now, um, the writing community is so large. What is your experience within it? Well, the writing community, I said, I'm just recently really started to engage more. I was uh, I had I had joined a couple of writing communities on uh, on uh, Facebook. I, I can't remember the exact name about Black poets and you know authors world rise. So I'm, I'm a part of that. So uh, so it's still it's still new to me. It's still new, okay. you know, because I, I uh, and plus with with, with Corona is kind of exactly. hard to really yeah. en en engage with people. Mm -hmm. But I'm always always been a heavy reader, you know. Uh, like the one place, the source bookstore, you know, you get it's very resourceful in places like uh, the 90s Knowledge Cafe, on yeah. like in the Island Park. So mm -hmm. I, I'll be in those circles, go to those events, but, but like really getting out there and mingling with uh, a lot of other writers, it's still it's still in the beginning stages, but okay. uh, so, but I'm, but, I'm, but I'm working on that right now. Cool, cool. And shout out to the Source Booksellers. I had opportunity to speak with them and thank them for, um, you know, directing you to me so that we can get, you know, you on this platform to speak about your book. Uh, shout out to them. They, they think of me often and I appreciate them and their um, efforts to 
encourage and promote literacy. Yeah. A dope story. Yeah, definitely. That definitely an asset. I really appreciate yeah. that. And I really appreciate yeah. them for linking me up with you. And I appreciate yeah, you for having me. Miss Janet and Allison are wonderful. Like they are my face. I was in the bookstore yeah. just last week uh, checking on some things. So I absolutely love source booksellers. Very, very nice. And Andy's uh, Knowledge Cafe is nice. I, I've been through there um, before as well. I picked up some books from them too. Um, now, yeah. do you have any advice for other writers? My, my advice for other writers is to, to tell your story. Or and if it, even if it's not a like a personal story, you can still tell the story of others, like in your your environment. You know, you, you be willing to you know speak speak your truth, speak truth to power. Mm-hmm. And I said, along with being able to speak truth to power and and, and tell your story, you know, perfect your perfect your craft. Mm-hmm. Like me, I I've read books on writing. I've read Stephen King's book on writing. I got the Elements of Style, which is one of the you know most popular books on writing and how to write and things like that. So, so I got a whole lot of I do a whole lot of reading on not just uh, what goes on in 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 my life and people's lives like uh, like myself, mm-hmm. but I read I read just to read. Yeah. And what you hear people like Stephen King say is is that a writer has to read, you know, and a, and a sister soldier says a, a writer has to live life, you know. You know, you just can't come up and just say, I'm going to write. Mm-hmm. And just write. I mean, you got to get out there and get some experiences. Absolutely. You know, just go out and meet people, you know, talk to people, go different places, try different foods, you know, all kinds of things, live a little bit, you know. And you never know what you might run into when you're out there just, just living life. So I think it's important to speak your truth, write about what you're passionate about, what you like to write about. And just always research, you know, and and master your craft, you know, because that's what I do. I I read, I, I'm a heavy reader. I read books on everything. And mm-hmm. also just remember that uh, you can learn from everybody, mm-hmm. you know, black, white, women, men, young, old, and, and you can you, you can learn good and bad. But uh, I recommend, you know, take the good and just, you know, look, just learn from the bad, learn from their uh, they personal experience with the bad. But it's just important to read on how to be the best writer. Mm-hmm. I, I, I read books on how to be more descriptive in my writing, mm-hmm. you know, how to how to uh, how to how to tell a story? How to engage people? So it's all about the craft, the craft of writing and and telling your story. Now you can learn the craft of writing, and you just you know mesh that with your own story. Now, you know, and, and I think that that'll pretty much take care of itself and just Absolutely. stay persistent. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and definitely, if you if you're going to do something, you need to work at it and do it well. Um, mm-hmm. you, it, you know, there's always room for growth. And also right. the fact that you said that you read, you know, multiple types of books. You don't just stick with yes. the genre. That is important because again, life is about perspective. And if we're so closed in and only focusing on our own perspective, mm-hmm. you can't learn how to interact and understand others. So it's definitely important to read all types of books. Um, reading is one of my stress relievers. And I, I love knowledge and, 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 you know, grasping what someone else is going through and um, seeing how I can make, apply whatever that is to make me a better person. So, and of course, imaginatory, you know, use the exercise in that, the mental health and keeping that yes. brain sharp. 
all goes in, you know, into that as well. Yeah, and I also recommend you keep keep pen and paper, which or you know, because mm -hmm. you know some of the best ideas come to you during some of the most awkward times. Right. <laughs> you don't know where you may be, and a great idea might come, and yeah. you write it down like, yeah, 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 you know. Because even because I tell you, even you know, on my writing my book, it's some days I was able only to write like a paragraph. Mm -hmm. Some days I wrote like a page, and then it was just some days it was just spilling out, spilling out of me, it was just spilling out of everything was going from my mind to to the pen, you know, to to the uh, to the paper. Absolutely. And I looked up sometimes, and a couple of hours sat went by, and I was like, man, mm -hmm. I ain't no sitting here that long. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Now we've talked about your book, we've talked about your experience with the writing community, you know, all of that, how everything came together. But tell me. Uh, do you have a favorite book of all time? Wow. That's, that's real tough. Hard, but... <laughs> that's, that's, that's real hard. But if I, if I got to pick one book, it got to be the book along with the film that totally changed my life. And that's the autobiography of Malcolm X. Okay. I respect that. Gotta, gotta I, you know, it, once you start, I'm like, oh, he probably is going to say that one. But it's major, you know, to the growth in you. So I definitely can see how that would be your pick. Because I don't really have a pick. I, I asked this question. I don't have a favorite. I, I have so many. Oh, so you just put, just put me on the spot then. Yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> that's, that's how you do it. Yes, I do. Yes, I, do. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, are you currently reading a book? I'm actually, <laughs> actually I'm reading a couple books right now. Okay. Sometimes I have to you know, put them in the bookmark. I'm reading a book. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard of uh, Joanna Penn. Mm -mm. She's a she's an author, she's an author, and she's a self-published author. She got uh, like a lot of books, like fifteen books on being on self-publishing. And oh, so I'm okay. reading her book. I read her book on marketing, uh, marketing the book. Okay. And she gives nice. you nice. the details about uh, how to do your website, email list, you know, uh, everything. I'm also reading a book on on uh, on YouTube by. Uh, I'm, unfortunately, I forgot the name, but they uh, it's, it's one guy named Sean, and they have this uh, they talk on YouTube about how to use videos on YouTube to, you know, to build your YouTube channel up and things like that. Mm -hmm. And so currently, I'm reading those two books because you know I'm a, I'm a podcaster as well. Right, tell us about that too. I'm sorry, I, I wanted you to touch on that as well. Well, my podcast, you know, you can find it on YouTube. You know, it's on Spotify as well. It's called Black Man Talk. It's one word, black man talk. And on that podcast, I talk about everything over the sun and under the sun, everything you can imagine. We talk about everything from uh, from hurt to pain, to relationships, to loyalty, to uh, people that's disloyal, mm -hmm. you know, our fears. And so I started off with a, a, a good friend, but now it's just me on, on the podcast right now. Okay. So I started off, so, so you, this to the earlier one, just hear me and uh, uh, my friend on there. But now it's just me. So it's just me on the pod now. But everything you can uh, imagine, and, and that was therapeutic because my podcast was out before my uh, book was out. And uh, being able to be on my podcast is what made me be willing to open up in my book the way I did. Because initially, I, I didn't... Uh, I didn't show my face on my podcast. More recently, I, I put the face to the podcast. Like I put the face to the book, you know, because up until recently, I didn't show my face. Uh, straight Styles and that's the book. So now people can put the face to the book and put the face to the podcast. Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. But for me, both of them were therapeutic, very therapeutic for me. And, and that was me having to, to grow and uh, uh, to challenge myself more because, you know, I, I felt like some things in my book, as you read, I was like, you never know what could come with it. But, you know, I said, uh, I'm willing to, uh, I made it this far, I'm willing to, you know, whatever comes comes basically you know and for me it was just uh, me getting more secure in myself and just being willing to say okay yeah i'm flawed i'm human you, you heard me talk about my pain you heard me about heard me talk about shedding tears and right. you know heartbreak everything but all it is is human but i can uh i can live with whatever comes because it's a lot of people that's going through what i'm going through a lot of brothers especially going through what i'm going yeah. through but they they hold it in and then you have so many of us consequently dying from aneurysms and a lot of stress because we hold so much in at, at early ages. And, and yeah. sometimes when we do hold stuff in so much, when we do let it out, it could end bad for us or it could end bad for somebody else, you know? And, you know, the byproducts of that, you know, families be destroyed, not only yours, but someone else's. Yes, yes. And I love the fact that you're giving black men a space where yes. they can feel secure to express their feelings and change the narrative of oh you're soft if you cry or you're not supposed to talk about your feelings or anything else but you know that's part of the problem within the society that you know men hold so much in and and Mm -hmm. never release it because when it does release it's bad for someone else so being able to have that safe space is important and we need more of them because it's tough it's tough being being a man and it's tough being a black man in in this world today. So I, I appreciate that you have this space for men. Yes, and I'm not. I, I'm glad that you do appreciate that because I do feel like it. It wasn't a. It's not many spaces where we can like you know, be ourselves and talk about that. You know, we we go through pain and you know and and and, and I think it helps relationships. It helps to. Our, our black community, especially when we're talking about our black family, because you understand that men, we have problems as well. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you have fears as, as well, mm-hmm. but you know, sometimes some of them will want to open up to you, but they don't want you to you know, think they're punk or that they're soft. Right. Yeah. So, so they'll so they hold it in, you know. And so commonly, some guys say, oh, it's cool, man, even if you think you got a good woman and she's understanding, man, some things you. Hey, just talk to your boys about it. don't talk to her about it, man, because she might look at you as weak, you know, you know, if she feel like you ain't that that fortress of, in her life and that, that person she can really lean on. But I said, well, like for me, if I, I'd rather be alone if I really can't be be myself. And you know, right. that's just that's just me. Like I'm gonna be me. I'm not perfect. And that's why I stress I want people to understand we only human and we can only do what's humanly possible. We flawed, you know, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make more mistakes in my life. You know, I say when you make mistakes, you just wanna make a new kind of mistake. You don't wanna keep making the same kind of mistakes. Exactly. And then, you know, um, the point on rather being alone than forcing something where you can't be yourself, you know, this is something that both men and women have a problem with forcing situations and not realizing that, like, yeah, I see this isn't good for me, but I rather do this mm-hmm. comfort then step out and or wait or whatever else it would be but when you do you often find that what was supposed to be for you is drawn to you now so 
you know, it's important mm -hmm. not, not settle and knowing the difference between settling and compromise. <laughs> and uh, I don't that's think true. we it know is, that yes. sometimes there, there's a difference. difference. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes. It, it definitely is a difference. And I, and I think that's so important because, you know, I remember I used to say things when I was more green, when I was younger, I said, man, women, I was telling one of my older cousins, I said, man, women do anything to be in relationship with God. Said, well, God, he said, he said, guys do too. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He said, yeah. and you know, it wasn't, it wasn't until I got more experience. I was like, okay, he, he's right. Yeah. I was like, he's right. Because I remember uh, at times I kind of, I kind of, uh, <laughs> you know, got in step mode a little bit. I had to, you know, I had to check myself. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, cause, you, know, cause you, you have it together, but, you know, sometimes we slip. Yeah, if we're honest with ourselves, I think we've all had those moments where we know we should have moved on or we shouldn't even open the door in the first place. But it comes with growth. And, um, you know, I'm happy to say that I gave the guy that I wouldn't pay no attention to the opportunity. And now here we are married happily with a family and children and such. And so it's important to. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, to not force things, not, you know, don't get stuck on this, he not my type and all that kind of stuff. You don't know what your type is until you get it. <laughs> and, um, right. you know, I think that if we focus more on that, then, you know, mm -hmm. we'll have more happy family units that, you well, know, last. Well, that's important. You know, it's also interesting when people say their type, I always say like, okay, this person's not your type. I'm not your type, whoever's not your type, but it seems like your type ain't working out with you. Exactly. Yeah, so that's what I was saying. Clearly, I didn't know what my type was till I got with my husband because I was doing everything wrong. <laughs> so yeah. definitely we we don't know what our type is until we experience it. So just right. keep that right. in mind. Now, Trey, is there anything else specific you would like to say to your current or future readers? Well, to my current and future readers, I would really appreciate you check out my podcast, Black Man Talk. Mm -hmm. You can subscribe on YouTube, Black Man Talk. One word, so subscribe on YouTube. And I, I think it's really important for, for men. I think it's really important for women, especially, you know, in our community where a lot of women are, you know, the only parents in the households. Mm -hmm. And you be able to see some of the things that your son will have to face that I face mm -hmm. and that I'm facing. Mm -hmm. And they can give you an idea of how to really deal with it. Cause what you give me, you get uh, uh, no filter, no filter, basically. I'm mm -hmm. telling you, you know, some of my innermost thoughts and even some of the people that that's around me, we, we honest and you're not, and the thing is you're not gonna get a lot of people that's gonna really keep be honest with you about some of the things they're going through. Some people give it to you watered down, but you want to hear what black men are going through, what some of the, the things we think, some of our traumas and, and some of our concerns and some of our feelings on marriage or or anything. You you get it like uh, no no filter on, on black man talk. And I would appreciate, I mean, well you can just consider you check out my book on Amazon, Black Boy Rise, you know, by Trey Styles. And it tells you my story. And that also furthermore goes into more detail about the things I went through growing up in the, uh, Detroit, Michigan. And that's the things that a lot of us going on. That's a lot of, that's going on in a lot of black males lives th throughout America and really, really throughout the world because it's, it's really a, a global thing, but especially here in America, 
And I would say also st stay tuned because uh, this year, for this year out, uh, you know, I'm, I'm planning to take Black Man Talk to the next level and also continue to promote Black Boy Rise. But also, uh, I plan for this year out, I, I think I'll have another book out as well that I'm currently working on. Yeah. So, so stay tuned. And anybody out there, like, don't let no one tell you what you can't do unless something just crazy or something's gonna really, really gonna hurt you. Mm -hmm. But don't let nobody tell you what you can't accomplish because I had a lot of people tell me, even when I was writing my book, they told me I hadn't done enough in my life to even write a book. They literally told me, these are people that I was, that was kind of close to me told me I hadn't done enough, you know, to write a book. But I said, I think I've, I, I've done some things in my life, I've overcame some things in my life. Mm -hmm. I went from, you know, going to poverty on the east side to being a college grad, undergrad and grad school mm -hmm. to being a, you know, a, a professional. And, and I come from, I walk the same streets as you, as, as, as a lot of these youths went through the same things. And, and, and I'm here and this is my city is I love it. Love it more than any place in the world. You know, always repping Detroit and don't want to live nowhere else. You know, I'm traveling the world, but you know, so I'm, I'm a product of Detroit and I'm proud of that. So I mean, if you, if you love Detroit, you know, you want to know what it's like to survive in Detroit. I'm, I'm, I'm like one of the best uh, representatives of Detroit. And I think Absolutely. I represent, you know, what's right with Detroit. Absolutely. And, and I thank you for producing Black Boy Arise. I thank you for joining me today. But last thing, tell us how can we stay yes. up to date with Trey Styles? Well, you can stay up to date with uh, Trey Styles. You can stay up to date with me uh, on my uh, my podcast, Black Man Talk. Every Monday we release uh, every every Monday I release a new episode, so you can always catch up with me on uh, Black Man Talk. Also, you can uh, find me on uh, Facebook at Trey Styles. You can find me on Instagram, uh, Trey Styles, Trey Styles nine seven eight on Instagram. Okay. Okay. I'm looking forward to see what else you have for us. I'm definitely excited to see what your fiction read will be. And um, I applaud you for your efforts to not only show how you can survive, but actively help others to survive in the city of Detroit. It's an amazing thing. Thank you. I really appreciate that. I really appreciate that. It's certainly been a pleasure. Thank you again for joining me. And for all my readers, listeners, watchers, as always, happy reading, and I will catch you guys next time. Bye. All right.